And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of one of these years. A uh, new on-location episode today. First time ever, Colton, in the... What, who's the... Who is this named after now, the Lions recording? This is uh, Jeremy's room. Oh, Jeremy Rice. Uh, <laughs> okay, so... People on the uh, media competition, the uh, combine. In uh, this uh, summer, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So we're in the Reisman recording room. It used to be the Tim Twentyman recording room. Just, uh, I can see still some Tim sides in here, <laughs> including one upside down on the door. Uh, of course, I'm at practice today. Uh, we're going to be doing some interviews along with Colton, and we figured we'd record here. So uh, Colton, of course, back from a long weekend in L.A. Uh, and what did you say? You took a red eye back Monday night? How, how are we doing here? I did. Uh, I caught up on some sleep yesterday, so I'm doing a lot better now. Uh, <laughs> that was rough, though. Uh, me and Ben Raven shot Ben. We uh, had the same flight back. Oh, really? It's 10 p.m. L.A. time. We landed at like 5.30 yep. Detroit and immediately went to bed for another five hours. Uh, did not get any sleep on the plane because the drink cart, for some reason, Has went by like six times yeah. on a red eye yeah. in the middle of the night and woke right. everyone up. It was like bumping my shoulder. I had an aisle seat. <laughs> So uh, we're back now. We're well rested and, and back at it. I love it. The drink car, and then like I think the first time I ever flew a red eye, uh, a guy in front of me watched a movie the whole way. Like oh, yeah. kept watching movies and the Probably light. no headphones. And too. I was like, "What are we doing? It's like five in the morning or whatever the hell time it is." Yeah. But yes, any event, uh, back from a long week there. But I, I mean, uh, for the Lions, of course. I mean, Campbell actually joked a little bit today about how he's not exhausted. <laughs> the reporters are actually exhausted because you do have a quick turnaround here and. It was a West Coast game later in the day on Eastern Eastern time anyway, but more most important, I think, it was an exhausting game, right, Colton? I mean, it was a yeah. draining game. Um, we talked about that night that it happened, and then again since, that it was uh, one of the better, more entertaining back-and-forth games of the year, and frankly, a game I don't think that the Lions would have won or come close to winning uh, in the last couple of years. So, I mean, your thoughts on that? You were there, so your thoughts on that whole situation? Yeah, uh, that was a game where, um, you know, as it's kind of going playing out the way it did, you felt good, I think, in the first half, and then just weren't really sure kind of as it progressed. You know, the Chargers were making the comeback and, you know, could already feel this, the same old line suites coming my way. And right. <laughs> it's kind of one of those games. Um, but, you know, when it came down to the wire, you know, I think you could have confidence in the Lions just based on what they've shown this season. Uh, we talked about it last week, like, Something's got to give, right? The, right? the Lions history versus the Chargers charging, you know? Uh, yeah. exactly, <laughs> so, exactly what happened. Uh, at the end of this game, like, you had to wonder, like, which side was going to give. And it was the Lions. It was Dan Campbell. It was the decision-making down the stretch that really propelled them to this win um, in a tight game. You're going to have games like that where right. the defense doesn't have it. Um, and Campbell said, if we lost that game, it would have been on the offense, not the defense, because the way it was going, we needed the offense to come through. And um, that's exactly what they did down the stretch. They are making every play that they needed to make. And um, that was sort of... Uh, you know the end, the end stretch that they had, and that kind of propelled them to this win. I think. Yeah, it's really one of those where it goes, you know, feather in the cap for Jared Goff and a lot of other people too. But it's also one where, you know, I just I don't know how to explain it, and it's so weird because we've seen these guys play this way, you know, now 
for a year and a half, whatever it's been, everyone knows the record over the last 16 games, whatever you know that is. I think it is at 12 and four or something like this, whatever it ends something up being. Like that, yeah. yeah. So you know, really good over that year. So everybody gets. We've seen performances like this before, but this was still for some reason. Maybe it's because it's on the road. Maybe it's because it's on the West Coast. Maybe it's because they were playing well. The Chargers, you know, all these things. Like these are games that I want to say the Lions, but like also teams that aren't really there. They lose all the time. You never win this game because yeah. you're out of your comfort zone. Uh, your three time zones over. You're playing against a quarterback who gets on a heater at the drop of a hat and can just sling it, right? And there's no, you know, there's <laughs> no rhyme or reason for when he's going to do it. Yeah. Um, and in order to sort of get through a day like that, when the defense is sort of just like, whatever, there's nothing we can do. He's making some throws that are just, your offense has to have an answer every single time. And the question has been, for the Lions, I think in my head, the way they play, you know, the run game and it dictates that you go a certain pace. You're sort of, you're trying to grind somebody out and then take over after a while. The way that this game was going, it was back and forth with the arms, and it was some of that stuff that we've seen shootout-wise from Goff back in the day that we hadn't seen for several years, a yeah. couple moments here and there. But this was really one, to me, where that was a Jared Goff win, right? Uh, to me, as much as anything, because they got up, the Chargers make their comeback, they make their run several times, and Detroit never, they had some hiccups, but never bad enough to where it was like you've, you've given up your advantage. They stayed right on top of them the whole way. And if you don't have a quality quarterback, you can't do that. Yeah. That, to me, is the sign of a team going completely in the right direction. I don't know what your thoughts on that part of it was. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good point to bring up Jared Goff's impact in this game because, look, we've seen, like, the Lions getting these shootouts before a couple yeah. years, a couple times against the Seahawks in recent, recent yeah. years. And um, usually sometimes in these games, like, yeah, the offense is scoring points, but Jared Goff has, like, a costly mistake, whether it's a pick, pick six, six or a yeah. fumble or something that yeah. kind of stops the run before they get a chance to all the way come back or something like that, you know. So in this game, he was, he was awesome. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, was 23 of 33, 333 and two touchdowns, was making every throw he needed to make, um, was finding his guys in space, in stride, um, just some really nice throws. I thought the yeah. pass to uh, Brock Wright was great, great touch. Um, oh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, so you're looking at him and the way he's coming through and making these plays, and you need a quarterback like that sometimes when when your defense doesn't have it, um, as right. you know, this defense has kind of shown over the t- some times, so, like they don't have it all the time. There are times where they, they can win you some games, like but also yeah. Sometimes where they can almost give it up if right. your offense isn't playing the way that they, they need to play. And so um credit to Jared Goff, credit to Ben Johnson for the way that he was kinda of dialing things up. Um I mean those two I think are part of the reason and Campbell as well for his decision making, but um I think Goff has a big big um big say in this game Absolutely. and a big reason why uh, they came out and won ultimately. And the, the reason why they got out in front, obviously, of course, more than anything is the run game. And we talked about that to start really, uh, because it was in so many ways, it's not, I don't want to say it was a coming out party for Gibbs because we've already seen him do this locally. I, but I do think nationally this was a coming out party for him because this was the CBS national game, the Nance, Tony Romo game. Yep. Romo drooled over the Lions the entire broadcast. I heard about that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you were at the game, so you wouldn't know. It, like, you know, he played with Dan Campbell, of course. Like, they were, uh, I think Romo was a rookie um, in Campbell's first or second year with the Cowboys, and he was okay. only there for a couple years. But Dan was a leader on that team, of course. Parcells was the coach. Uh, highly respected, as everyone knows, and Romo and Campbell are buds. They, you know, because Campbell's buds with every single person he's ever played with. So, yeah. you know, Romo was like, "They're not Jim. They're not going to lose two more games the rest of the year. Maybe three more. You know, <laughs> they're, they're they're a four loss team. No matter what, you know, they're going to this playoffs. Absolutely, they're a Super Bowl. You know, caliber team. All this and the that sort of slowed down as the Chargers started to make their comeback. But like the reason why he was ramping himself up is because they just kept gashing them on the ground. Yeah. And it's like this offensive line was finally healthy. And I know today, Joan Jackson was not there at practice, and I guess we'll see what that means. But they were finally healthy. Both backs were back there. 
and it was just a thrashing on the ground. I mean, like, it wasn't just the Montgomery 75-yard touchdown run or just the one where Gibbs cuts back. It was all sorts of stuff all game long. The fourth and five or six that they ran it on. How about like, that? Are you kidding me right now? Like, this, this, <laughs> was, uh, this was Dan Campbell. We've said this several times, I feel like. And the Monday night game was not quite that because they didn't have the performance probably the way that they would have liked. Yeah. This was that to me. This was them showing everybody... Like and I know the Chargers are the Chargers. They're not. It's not the Eagles, but it's like this is what it's going to take to beat us if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, come winning time. I think dance after the game. This was the vision with the, yes. with the run game. Right. Um, everything kind of came together. They had their starting five together intact for the first time in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, the two backs were together out there. It wasn't just one or the other, and that was the sort of effort that you've been waiting to see. Exactly. Um, we've seen it a little bit, but it's like Gibbs was on. Know. Montgomery was was on. Like the offensive line was just powering their way through right. this Chargers front, which has some talent, like you know, uh, the Bosa, Joey Bosa, and um, Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. and some of these other players are out there. Those are good, good players to go against. And yeah, the Lions' good. offense just, offensive line just neutralized that group right. out there. Um, so when you're watching this and you're seeing Gibbs go off and you're seeing Montgomery run for 75 yards and JMO blocking downfield for him, you're just <laughs> like, this is the vision. This is how good this offense can be when they're clicking, when they're right. firing on all cylinders. The run game, in particular. Um, like, to go for it on fourth and five and get a six-yard game, that's just that's like, crazy. we're better than you, that's, and we yeah. know it, and we're going to run it down <laughs> right. your throat, and you can't do anything to stop it. And that's just how it played out. Um, the offense just kind of had its way, and, um, I mean, man, what an effort. I think Romo actually said the same thing when they went for it on the goal line down there, and they scored earlier in the game. Okay. They went for it on fourth down. It may have been after that, fourth and six, but it was like... Gibbs scored. Yeah, he was one. like, this is just really who Campbell is as a coach. Like, you know, eh, it's fourth and two, it's a long two, but whatever. We're just going to jam it in here right now, and you know it's coming, and we don't care because we're better than you. Yep. That's just how it's going to go. And, like, that's how the first half was played. And the thing that I really liked the most about it, because we talked about this last week going into that game, was you have Gibbs and you have Montgomery back healthy. They're ready to go. you got the full complement of each. And so how are you going to handle them? And, you know, we'd seen in previous weeks, uh, earlier in the season, Montgomery starts the game. And in some cases, he would get the first couple series, maybe. some cases, they would split a series. But it felt like, to me, usually you'd have to get deep into the quarter before we saw Gibbs. And in this game, it was it almost felt like it was every other. Yep. It was like, and I think it stayed that way for quite a while. It wasn't like every other until somebody got the hot hand and they just let that guy go. No, no, no. It was every other, and it just stayed like that. And they kept pushing each other, you know, because Gibbs was the one who... He's, uh, I think, at the end of the first quarter, he had like almost 100 yards of offense. Yep. And then you, you look at Montgomery, like, oh, maybe this isn't going to be his day. And then he has a 75 <laughs> yard. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. And I think that if there's internal competition between those two that oh, they're they going to yeah, that they want to one up each other, yeah. then you're going to try to give it an even split as best you can. I thought that was perfect. I thought it was the way they had that because if you can put them both out there separately, I still think that more together at the same time would be good. Mm-hmm. But there's no tell. There's no like, uh, well, Montgomery's in, they're going to run more gap or. Gibbs isn't going to run more zone. No, like you don't now. You don't know what the hell they're going to do. It could be anything coming at you. I really like that. That was almost, in some ways, I don't want to say it's surprising, but it was to me like almost surprising that there were no. I had no notes on that one. It yeah. was like I got no complaints. It was almost perfect how they handled those two. No doubt, I agree wholeheartedly. And that was a question coming into the week: the how, how we yeah. would, how they would handle those two backs healthy at the same time. Um, Again, we talk about the fantasy community a lot, but they were kind of like, <laughs> were that, "Well, it's going to be it's going to be Montgomery Gibbs. We'll never see him again." It's like, no, like there's there's room for both of these backs to feed and and eat in this offense. Right. And you know, we saw it in that game. Um, I think Montgomery had 
116 yards on 12 carries. Uh, <laughs> Which yeah. is a good number for him. It's a great number, yeah. Because yeah. normally he's averaging around like yeah, the, you know, four yards a carry. I like that. Uh, 12, for, 12 carries for 116. Like he made the most with that 75-yard run. But um, and then Gibbs had 14 for 77, two yeah. touchdowns. So 200 yards rushing, uh, three touchdowns on the ground. Like that's that's the sort of effort they can put together when everything's yeah. clicking together. So uh, love that outing. Love the fact that they were feeding those two guys and – um, really good day for them. And this Golden, you talked about this, or you wrote about this right after the game. I thought it was really good. If people haven't read that, go back and check it out. Um, because it not only did we just talk about how the Lions are introducing themselves and who they are to a national audience, um, but in, and I think a lot of people by now nationally know who Dan Campbell is, and they know that he's more than the knee-biting guy, right? I think that bridge has been crossed. But they don't know, or they didn't know, what we saw from them on Sunday. Because... A lot of people here, I still think, give it all to Johnson, Ben Johnson. And yeah. I don't think that's fair. And I think Ben Johnson's a terrific offensive coordinator will be a really good head coach and all that. But, like, Campbell was the one who <laughs> put him there. And Campbell's the one who said, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to draft it. And, like, this is what we're, and this is how we're going to build our run game. And, I, and Johnson presses the right buttons and builds the whole thing together. But to me, this was them and the sideline calls and the decisions that he made in the moment signified a guy who's grown a ton right along with his roster – and they're just like in sync together, are they not? Like yep. they play the way he coaches, and vice versa, and they have each other's back the whole way through. It's really, really cool thing to see. Yeah, you know, a lot of people naturally, when you put up, you know, five hundred yards of offense and <laughs> right. forty-one points, like a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, Ben Johnson, you know, that's a great game that he yep. called and saved us." Yeah, yeah, right. But to me, I'm watching that game. I'm like, this is a Dan Campbell game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could point to a lot of people and say it's that that person's game. Jared Goff, the running backs, the offensive line, Ben Johnson. That's but why to it's me, a Campbell game. I think. Yeah, I think that's a Campbell yeah. game because of the collective effort from everyone. Um, and Dan Campbell, his fingerprints at the end there, I think, and really not just right. the end. He was going for it on fourth down throughout the game routinely. I would turn over to Jeremy, who was sitting next to me in the press box, and I'm like, <laughs> I think they should go for it here on like a fourth and five. Yeah. And they did, and they got it. You know, <laughs> they kept going for it and didn't get the touchdown. But they come back on the very next drive. Uh, they have a fourth and one, and they give it to Gibbs. I think they ran off Sewell and got Great the touchdown. Yeah. And it's like, if another coach got stopped on fourth down, like they might be hesitant to do it again. Dan Campbell's like, nope, we're gonna go right back we're at it. Good. We're gonna score yeah. and we're gonna run down your throat. And like, that's the difference, I think. And even in that late game scenario, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you have to go for it there. The analytics say kick the field goal um, right. on that fourth fourth and two. You go up, you try to hope your defense is going to stop, and you gather with the win with, I think, a minute and 40-plus. Correct. Um, but Campbell has this really good sense, I think. It's not just following the analytics or you know choosing when to go against it. It's like the feel for the game that Correct. he has as a head coach, I think, is what separates him from a guy like Brandon Staley on the other sideline who probably just goes for it, whatever the math says. You know? yep. um, and I think with what Campbell said in that situation probably to himself was, Hey, our defense is kind of reeling. The Chargers had scored five straight touchdowns. I think um, Justin Justin Herbert was just, you know, torching them. Right. And just one of those days, you don't have it. So how how can we win this game with our strengths um, instead of trying to put trying ourselves to in back a, in? Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think he kind of determined that hey, we have one of this one of the better offensive lines in football that's dominating this game. Right. Uh, they're going to protect golf, or they're going to run it if we need two yards. Um, you know, golf is kind of eaten on the secondary. Right, so, yes. like, we only need two yards. Let's get two yards and let's end this thing, let's you know? Get out of here. Let's yeah. get out of here with the win. We'll escape and then we'll sleep good on the plane right home, right? right? And that's exactly what they did. And golf was going through his progressions on that play, came back and found Laporta for two yards. 
Um, you pick up the first, you run down the clock, and then you kick a field goal with two seconds left. And you trust your, your kicker, Riley Patterson, in his range um, to get that kick. He got it, and you, you go home with the W there. So I think, I don't, I don't know, I think people are saying, oh, of course they should have done it. But I don't know how many coaches would have done that in that scenario, to be honest no, with you. yeah, I mean, especially if they already missed one. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think, yeah, like you're saying, though, it's like it's literally how they play the game. It's just how they how they do things. It's not a matter of, um, well, if we can't do it then, then when are we ever going to, then what are we even doing here? If yeah. we're not going to try, you know, then it's then our whole philosophy of how we're playing is just busted and not even really a thing. I think that the thing that you said about the field is really the whole thing because I talk so much about how him and Aaron Glenn both are guilty of this, of coaching how they used to play, and you can't always just take take something to a situation and break it, you know, yeah. like when when it's just like you can on a field, that you sometimes you have to sort of feel things out and let them come to you, and then know when the moment is to go at for somebody and go after the throat, and that's what you're t- describing there because there's been this like in the last ten years, and it's going away. It's been going away for the last five, but Belichick's rise uh, brought about the idea and the notion that most football games are lost and not won. That you you know you win games by you win more of them by just being you know, Play steady mistake, Eddie, free ball yeah, and, and just yeah. not doing anything crazy and just getting out of there. And, you know, for a long time, that's 100%. <laughs> that was the case. Sure. And teams started getting smarter, and that stopped happening. The point is is that it's okay to go try to win a game. It's yes. okay to go try to finish it off. And it's okay to know when your guys have the drop on their guys in a situation, and that's exactly what that was. Like, you nailed it. It's uh, We're not getting a stop on them, all things considered. Anyway, he's making these throws. We can't bet on that. So whatever, we're not going to take that personal and be whiny about that over here. Right. But at the same time, they can't stop anything we run off of right tackle, left tackle, whatever. It's yep. fourth and two. Why would we do anything but go for it here? You know, like that's it's okay to have faith in what you're doing, and I think that's Campbell's always had like some ways it's been too much faith. It's been like you know in some <laughs> cases in the past you can think back to games as his first year. This happened a lot in the first year where he would make those he would they miss one and he would do it again. They miss it and he'd do it again. Yeah. And they would miss it. It would just be like, why? You know? So and, and there yeah. was a little bit of wobbly, but I think he stayed with that and it's you've seen it grow. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think so we should talk about the differences between like two years ago and now, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I think two years ago they almost I, I bet Campbell almost felt he had to steal some possession yeah, all the and, time. Yeah, that you know, Rams game was the great example. Yeah, the first one was Stafford. Yeah, because they didn't have the talent. It was a little mm-hmm. different back then. Like They're four trying to, onside kicks, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably a little too risky back yeah. then. But that's something that comes with time. And I think people kind of look at coaching decisions, and I think some people say you either have it or you don't. Yeah, I think it can come with time, and it count more so than time. It comes with better talent, and like that that comes 100%, with time. Yeah, and so like when they didn't have it two years ago. And they're failing in these attempts. Um, that doesn't mean it was like the wrong decision. It could have just been like we just didn't execute because we don't have the players we need. And now you look at them and they have this offensive line. They have a quarterback that's so confident right now and the playmakers in space that they should be going for it more often right. than not because they have the talent to overpower other teams now that they didn't have two years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of the difference too. And and Campbell's learned from his mistakes. You know, the Vikings game where they had a chance to. You know, they, they it was a fourth and four. They didn't go for it. Right. Um, yep. They could have ended the game with yep. the first down. They kicked the field goal, missed it. The Vikings go down and score <laughs> on a defense that didn't have it that day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm as this Chargers game is playing out, I'm thinking back to the Vikings game. And even in that, before they decide to go for it on fourth two, I'm like, they should probably go for this because they didn't go for it last time. And that's what happened. Exactly. And yeah. You learn from your mistakes. You grow with time. And I think that's what Campbell's done. That's why I decided to focus on him for the story because. You know, he's propelled himself into this coach of the year category. 
um, with decisions like that, with the growth that you see on display, with the better yeah. talent, and he knows what he has at his disposal, and he's making the most of it, and now getting the best out of that group because those guys love being in those positions. I talked to Taylor Decker after the game. Oh my God, I know. He says it just makes us more confident as players. You know, when your coach believes in you, and you know that he believes in you, whatever the analytics or percentages say, he's like, no, we're going to go out there and we're going to win this game, and we love that. So uh, yeah. that's that's <laughs> agree more. That, that's Campbell. That's I, Campbell to a T. I'm going to dispel a myth here a little bit. Yeah, let's do there's it. this myth that not with the line specific, it's just a football myth. There's this myth in games sometimes where a coach will say, maybe it's not a myth, it's a wrong word, where that'll happen, right? And the coach will make the conservative decision, and he'll say, we want, we trust our defense to get us out of that. Yeah. We trust our defense to fix it for us. We're not going to do anything crazy or stupid. And you know what? In 1970, 1980, whatever, <laughs> that was fine. That today is like the biggest cowardly excuse. It's a cop-out. And the defense also knows it. Like, yeah. that's the difference today. Is me, You probably could have gotten away with like 10, 20 years ago being like, yeah, we run, run. like Iowa probably gets away with it, right? In yeah. college, but like you know, you're just. I think the defense even understands. Like if you're talking, to, if you're standing on the sideline there, fourth and two, and you go up to Tracy Walker, let's say, and it's like Tracy, uh, Justin Herbert's just thrown 450 yards on you. It's fourth and two. Would you prefer Dan kick the field goal here and keep this thing going, or just win the game? Yeah. Like let's just win this fucking game. Oh no, let's win it. Like yeah. let's go. And like if he punts this here, or whatever, we're gonna be like, oh god, like what? Like yeah. that is the reaction that your players have, and. Like, that was something Patricia never got. Like, that was one of the million things that he never got. But, like, that's one right there. When they would do those, like, what are you doing? Why are you just giving up like that? When it was like, well, strategically, it actually does by 1% make sense. It's like, none of your guys care. Yeah. So do what, you know, and it, that's the whole feel, read the room, and understand the moment. And more than that, understand where you are in the game. Mm-hmm. Where exactly you are, when you can make that decision. And I thought this was the best example to date of Campbell keeping the pressure on the other guy. Yes. The whole way. Like Staley was, and Staley I thought actually coached a pretty good game, all things considered. <laughs> it's not been his best year. All things <laughs> no. to get back in it. I thought they did a nice job yes. to get back in it. But, you know, I think that if you're Campbell, you sense that, you know that he's maybe up against it, and you want to keep that on him the whole way. Make yep. him blink. And to me, that's pretty much what happened, right? I know. The whole, yeah. The, the, the difference in who played better that day wasn't. Was microscopic. It was just he made better decisions and they won the game. And that's the first time I think we've said that, is it not? Uh, no, I think you're right. Yeah. And it's like in a game like that. I was watching on um, like my YouTube TV feed during the uh-huh. game uh, because they show like different angles that we don't always see oh, in yeah. the press box. That's where I like it at home. And um, they show b- before the Lions went for it on fourth and two. They're showing uh, Herbert and he's got his helmet on his on his forehead, just like waiting to get back out yeah. there. Keenan Allen's got his hands like resting inside his shoulder pads, and he's just like itching to get back on the field. Exact same scene. Yep. And <laughs> I'm watching that, and I'm just like, that's why they're going for it, because <laughs> yeah, they right. see those two dudes that have been torturing them all game, uh, ready and itching to get back out there. And so you have a chance to stop those dudes from having a chance to, to beat you. That's right. That to me was like the difference. Um, you know, we have our guys, we're gonna run it down your throat, we're gonna pass it, you know, whatever. We feel confident no matter what play we draw up, mm-hmm. We're gonna get this first down. We're gonna end the game. We're gonna win it. Yeah. And you're just gonna be left left demoralized on your own <laughs> sideline in your own happened. building, and that's what happened. Because <laughs> yeah. you can see they cut to Keenan <laughs> right after the play, and he was like, "Whatever." Yeah. And he like waved his hand. It was like, "Screw this." <laughs> and like, just left, and it was like, "Okay, that's the game." Yeah, but man. that's 100. percent If you have the chance to do it, step on their throat and do it. That's the first time I think we've seen that. You flip it around though, and I would talk about the defense here before we go into the next game because. Yep. You know, there are still issues, and, I mean, as well as Herbert played, or some of the throws that he made were, you know, only he's making those, and I'm not sure you can count on that every week. I know you can't, but at the same time, like, 
they didn't have a corner at the deadline, and I am still wondering if this isn't, you know, I don't know how sustainable playing like this is when you're playing against a team with a good, like we talked about that last week, like it's super important that they get a bye, or not a bye, but a home game yeah. against somebody who's not got a great quarterback. Yeah, preferably. The, the 2C versus 17. Yeah. yeah, because like when you're playing a good quarterback, when you don't have enough ammo back there and they don't, this is what happens. And it was like that game should not have been that close. As, as hard as they played and as, as great of a win as it was, they should have blown them out. Yeah. I think that's the other takeaway, right? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it felt like they had chances to pull ahead and like yeah, a few times. so many times in that game that they just let, let the Chargers get back in and give them confidence and get a quarterback like Justin Herbert going and all of a sudden you got a ball game there. Um, so... I do have concerns about this defense, yeah. and you know we might not see them too much the rest of the regular season because you look at the quarterbacks they play; it's right, not it a great now. slate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's why this game was so big. Yeah, I mean, so but I've looked at I, I'm doing I'm working on a story for later this week, um, just kind of about uh, the quarterbacks that they played so far. Um, so they've taken care of business against guys like some Baker Mayfield um, and some other quarterbacks, but like. They have struggled against the better quarterbacks on their schedule. Yeah, right. yeah. Lamar Jackson, in terms of EPA per play, um, had his highest of the season. Herbert had his highest of the season. Um, Gino played. Gino well. had his, I think, tied for his highest of the season. Um, you know, even Bryce Young had his highest of the season. Bry- yes, Bryce Young does not not look great against other teams. Nope, he's not. Um, yeah. So they've allowed some quarterbacks to have their best performance performances of the season against the Lions defense. And so I kind of wonder when you get to the playoffs and you're facing guys. 
um, that are in that upper echelon, yeah. you know, how are you going to handle those? Um, we might not see them be tested too many times. I think the only quarterback that ranks in the top 10 right now in EPA, EPA per play that they'll see the rest of the season is Dak, mm-hmm. who's, uh, yeah. who's fourth. Christmas time. And that's not until yeah. New Year's. So they're, they're going to have an easy stretch here. They're, they might not be tested too much, but I do wonder, you know, down the road, you, we, I think it's fair uh, to start yeah. looking ahead, right? Like they're 7-2, oh, yeah. uh, second in the NFC, leading the NFC North. Um, we got to start thinking ahead to, like, how are they going to handle some of these teams in the, in the future that they'll see? The Eagles, the 49ers. Right. I think Brock Purdy's first in the EPA per play. Jalen Hurts is, like, eighth. Dak is fourth. Geno's, like, 13th. So they're going to face some quarterbacks that are capable of torching them and tearing them apart, as we've seen. And yep. if they're not right. on top of their game, um, they can get got. So that's sort of what I'm looking ahead to and a story I'm working on for later. Yeah, they played pretty well against the run. I mean, I can't really for say sure. much about that. It's been, like, I, you know, and that's been, that's been able to hold up throughout uh, and it's I can't really blame too much other than the injuries that have that has put them in this spot but at the same time it's like you know you could have added a guy at the deadline I hate to keep hammering on this they just added uh, Bruce Irwin Irvin Irvin Irvin, uh, up front on the edge and maybe that's the solution that they're looking for is like okay let's see if we can uh, load up more up front. They also added, I saw Michael Schofield the old Michigan guy uh, which is taking me back to like a hundred years ago it feels like (laughs) Um, to the practice squad, so like, just I mean, you're trying to shoulder up or shore up your fronts, I su- you know, for the stretch run. I get that, yeah. And maybe if you can get more pressure on the quarterback, it helps those guys on the back too. But for me, it's still like the missing piece here is still, and the thing that is in the, my mind, rattling around, like, how is this season going to end for them? In my head, it's like it's going to end because they're going to give up 480 yards <laughs> to some quarterback who's either he's good enough to do that or he's not. It's going to happen, and it's going to be one completion too many, and yep. it's going to spoil. You know, a forty-five point effort or something like that's how the season's. That, that's what my is in the. I don't know if that's a, a premonition. I'm just saying yeah. that that's the fear that I still have for them, and I don't know what they can do in the immediate to really, other than play better, to get that get rid of that. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they play. I know sacks aren't everything. It's not the ultimate indicator right. of how you're rushing the passer, but I think they have uh, of their nine games. I think six of them, they have one or fewer sacks. Right. Either no sacks or one sack. Yeah. And the other three, they have five, six, and seven. So they're getting in bunches, but it's also like six games out of your nine games with only one sack or, yeah, or less. That's, that's not enough. That's not good. Right. So they got to add something. It's nice that they added Bruce Irvin. Right. We'll see how much he has left in the tank. Um, he played a little bit for the Seahawks last year. So I'm just kind of waiting for now, right? an like, opportunity. Yeah, he's 36. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to skew their uh, like average the age of the roster. Yeah. A lot. yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um I think the Lions are like the second youngest defense. <laughs> They're all like this, 24. So. Yeah, no, it's going to skew that a little bit. But um, I mean, you get, they had to do something, so good on them for yes. adding a piece. But I mean, and, and maybe that is what you know. Like you said, you're playing against teams that aren't as good. You're and the thing that Campbell said today actually is true that they get home. They don't get home a lot, uh, but they do pressure the quarterback a lot, and yep. they have had high number pressure games. Um, you know, a few times this season, like Hutchinson, I still think is toward the top of the league. He's third. Not, yeah, know, third. Third pressures. In individuals. But it's like, you know, maybe you get Houston back. Maybe you can get some other guys rounding into shape and then Irving give you something. Uh, but it's just like, I just look out there and I say, man, if you could put one guy just who's one. a starting corner who's got real starting experience in the mix when you're down all these other dudes you're not going to be panicking as much. I get the other side of it. It's like, hey, if, we're, if we can get one more sack a game and get off the field, that's all that we need. One yeah. more stop, which is true. Sometimes it's easier to just, like, cover better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, like, the corner thing is what it is at this point. It really is, yeah. Um, they're probably not adding guys another guy that can make an impact. So right. it's like you just need your two dudes out there to kind of perform. So I, that's why I kind of point to the pass rush because, you know, that they're, they're streaky, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they have solid depth, I think, but it's like no real second star next to Hutch. Right. You know, a lot of these guys are hit or miss. Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Right. I think um, Jeremy put this out, but uh, uh, Julian Aquara. Uh, Charles Harris, John Kaminsky, Josh Pascal, and Romeo Cora have combined for just four and a half sacks this season. Man, yeah, that's not That's enough. not good enough. You gotta get it's home, it's really not. So they need James Houston back. Yeah, badly. Um, just They need a speed rusher opposite of Hutch. Like, right. that's, and that's why he's not getting home. Right. right. Um, and yeah. he's getting held every play, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a play. Someone having a chokehold look like Draymond Green out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he needs some help. He's not getting it. Um I also think that he can do a better job of finishing some of those sacks. Yeah, yeah, he can play better too. For yeah. Sure. Um, so right now it's just not working, and when quarterbacks have all day to throw back there, it's not helping your corners yeah. that aren't the best, but they're doing what they can out there. Um, so you just need more of this collective unit to play better, and it hasn't happened yet. But you know, we'll see the quarterbacks that they play the rest of the way. Yeah, We've got Justin Fields, who looks like he's going to be back for this game. Uh, no Tyson Bajan, so. <laughs> I don't know what if that's good or bad. There is <laughs> right. at this point. Uh, so Justin Fields, they got Jordan Love on Thanksgiving. They've got maybe Derek Carr. I think he'll be back by then. Oh He's God. injured right now, I guess. But uh, yeah. either either or Derek Carr or Jameis. Or no, um, wait, no, yeah, it's the yeah. Um, so for the Saints game, Jameis. they got Justin Fields again, um, December tenth. Then they've got uh, Russell Wilson, who actually is playing all right. Yeah, not, not the worst, but he's still Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Well, he's well, the best guy on the list so far. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Dak, and then Josh Dobbs again. So, like, not like a no, daunting murderer's row. murderer's row of quarterbacks there. So they, they should be able to bounce back and have some success. But, again, I just come back to um, they've had a chance to play some solid quarterbacks. Yep. The only quarterback that I've been impressed with how they defended is Pat Mahomes, but he also didn't have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, which it was a weird day. It's not an yeah. excuse, but it's also you have to acknowledge that he of didn't course. have his best weapon out there. So. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. That'll be a question for January when that comes around, but something that's in the back of my mind for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's something that I don't know how else you couldn't uh, couldn't think about it. One thing I wanted to touch on before we go into the next game here, um, and because Campbell did talk about him a little bit like, every week, uh, James Williams, of course, comes out and has the big block that we mentioned earlier on the big touchdown run. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple blocks, I think, in this game. It actually had a nice um, had a touchdown that was called back that – I'm still that not was sure such a bad call. If that, yeah, like I don't know what that call was about, but yeah. that was a nice play by him. But he actually made a really nice catch on a comeback that I thought was like one of his best catches of the year, if not the best catch we've seen him make. Um, and it wasn't like a spectacular day for him or whatever. He had two catches on maybe just the two targets. Yeah. But Kimball said some today that I thought was interesting where he said that finally or maybe for the first time that Jameson feels like one of the guys. One of the guys. One yeah. of the guys. On the, like he's just one of the 53 who – does his job, shows up, gets the work, goes, you know, comes yeah. in the next day. And, like, that's all they've been asking for. So I don't know if him seeing Donovan come in here lights the fire or if it was already lit, but or if it's a mirage. <laughs> like, but, like, this was a productive day for him, yeah. and it needed to be. Next one needs to be two, right? Yeah. And I think, I don't know, that's... It was an interesting one. We, we're not done there yet. I don't. I don't think with Jameson. You picked a good day to come to Allen Park because yeah. this is the most positive I've heard the coaching staff talk about Jamo. Right. Um, so Campbell spoke today. Like you mentioned, he said he feels like one of the guys now. Um, the more he earns the stripes here, the more opportunities he gets. Talked about his blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he's, he's in a good place right now. He's improving. 
And he said he was proud of him for the way that he performed against the Chargers. Yeah, man. Campbell doesn't throw that out too often. Like, (laughs) they're very careful the way they talk about J-Mo. They're just kind of like, well, he just needs to stack good days, and we'll see what happens from there. Like, Mm -hmm. they weren't giving us anything, like, a month ago. Because he wasn't stacking any days. Because he wasn't. He he wasn't here to stack days. Um, And now he's had a couple good practices, weeks of practices here. And so Campbell was very effusive with his praise today. Mm -hmm. Um, Antoine Randall came out today and said, you know, I think – you know, so he, I think he was asked about like the positive plays he's been making and whether the production will follow um, yeah. as a receiver. And he said, I think it's coming. It's a matter of time. So you hear the way his own yeah. coaches are talking about him. Um, Antoine was saying that uh, he's becoming a selfless player. Like when he gets those blocks, he's just pumped up. You see him just like yeah. flexing like right. after uh, that block. Like he's scored, yeah. fired up for these other guys for, for scoring instead of him getting the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think... That's probably the first time that we've – I mean, he's been blocking like this for a while now, but it's like the praise that they're getting – that he's getting from the coaching staff and that they're giving to him um, is probably the first time I've heard it reach this level. And that tells me something. That tells me, all right, he might be turning a corner yeah. here. And if they're saying that breakout game is just around the corner, I, I'll, I'll believe them. Right. I think – because that catch he made, I think it was over the middle or something like that. He was – Really good play. It was um, a great catch. Yeah. Probably one of his better catches it of the was, season, or the if not his, his yeah. best catch this year. For like 12 yards. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like, all right, you're coming along. Uh, the coaches are talking about you. You're, you're out. The other thing that I think was pointed out today, Jamal was out there on the final drive. Yeah. It wasn't just, yeah. yeah. Like, he was out there. They trusted him in crunch time when they needed to make these plays and get down the field and score and tie game. Um, he was out there pretty much the whole time. And that, to me, also spoke volumes about how – they feel he's coming along. So the light bulb might be finally on for Jameson Williams. We've been talking we'll about it for a minute now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still early. They's, they've got to kind of work him in here more, but it seems like they're pretty pleased with his progress so far. It feels a little bit like what they were hoping that would happen last year when they started to just inch him into games yeah. and then, like, slow but slowly and whatever they were hoping that maybe that would – and it never did. It never took, off, never took on that way, and he never became part of the offense or part of anything that was happening other than, like, a gadget. And now – he had to be based on injuries and everything else and it was almost like they had no choice and sometimes that's what it takes to get somebody you know over the top so maybe that's what we saw i you know i don't know we got to see it again and again and probably every day for the rest of the year uh but the other piece there who didn't play donovan uh, people's jones did not play he was a scratch but he was not i don't think a healthy scratch Dude, what else do we know i about? think he had a rib injury a rib or something what, what did they say anything today i didn't hear much on him i'm not sure what or if he was out there or not. I don't know what's going on with him, if yep. he'll be out there Sunday or not. He's working back Possibly. from something. I imagine they were probably just trying to catch him up to speed, too. But um, we'll see. I mean, I think he'll be out there sooner rather than later. Yeah, so we'll see on that one, of course, uh, later in the week. But, of course, now the Lions move forward to another divisional game here uh, with the Bears. As you said earlier, Colton, uh, Justin Fields is expected to play. Um, no Tyson Bajant. Uh, Campbell, you know, was asked about how do you avoid letdowns and things like this, which I always have a hard time with in the NFL because I'm like, it, no, like if you won seven games or whatever and you're a playoff hunt, that doesn't exist or it shouldn't exist. So I don't know if that would be something I'd be overly concerned about. But at the same time, like Chicago is a team that has nothing to lose at this point. I think that's what I would say. Their team, Fields, is in a situation where, okay, he's been out for a couple weeks. He's had to watch this guy who was uh, a nobody from nowhere come in and win a game and play in some ways better than him uh, in an offense that he was complaining about that said saying doesn't work uh, <laughs> suddenly they've you know whatever they've got some guys on the team as Campbell mentioned today 
DJ Moore, Leela Herbert, some of these other players um, who can play and who can make plays. And it's just like you're Fields is a guy that you're just waiting for. Is today going to be the day that he decides he's going to go nuts? Yeah. Like the game that they had against the Commanders early in the season, or I think the week before that, where they played somebody and lost, and he just went off. And it's like that could happen at any time, and you just don't really know. You have to be on guard for that, and I think that that's the right message to send this week. This isn't a good team. This is a dude who can, if you're not <laughs> ready to go, and he just decides one day when he wakes up. So, yeah, I get that whole thing. Your yeah. thoughts on this one? I mean, I think Justin Fields was playing some good ball before he got hurt. Um, yeah, I think so, too. He had It was skiffy up and down, but, yeah, he was three, getting there. 335 and four touchdowns against the Broncos. That defense is actually playing a lot better now in Denver, so... Um, and then Washington, three, 282 and four touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was turning corner. That's the two-game sample size probably wasn't large enough to say that definitively, but he was playing some solid football before he got hurt, and now he comes back, and he was probably watching Tyson Bajan right. get some love in Chicago. I have to think he saw that. Because yeah. the thing in Chicago is, like, they'll praise any quarterback Absolutely. that comes in and plays well. They <laughs> like, want him starting. Try to that. annoy yeah. whoever's <laughs> starting as, like, the next guy. Right. So he probably saw some of that and was like, all right, this is my team. i got to get back out there. Right. Probably hears the Caleb stuff, too, down the road. So... Um, I imagine he'll be motivated, and you know, even though the record isn't what they want yeah. to be, like they've they've got some pieces now. I mean, they added Montez Sweat, they've got DJ Moore. You know, the offense and defense they're not where they need to be, but they've got some dudes, as Campbell was saying today. And it's like, yeah, if you're not careful, you can lose a game like this. I mean, I think back to back to last year. I mean, no one probably thought the Lions could do what they did down the stretch, and I remember them playing a seven and two Giants team and going to New York and winning that right. game. You did say it because of the Caleb thing, and then also you're you're in Chicago and you're listening to every day about how people are like, well, we won with this other guy who supposedly <laughs> sucks compared yeah. to Fields, so what's the problem here? And it's just like you're down to fair or unfair. He's down to his last chance, right? I think yep. in Chicago. I don't think anyone said that. I don't think anyone's come out and openly whatever. I don't even know if it has to be said because, like, clearly, and they have been playing, they've been scrapping. I think I would say they haven't been the most embarrassing team in the league. <laughs> you know, I, th- I don't think they have. They've been scrapping and fighting, and they do play hard. Campbell's right about that. Uh, they didn't early in the season. I, that was, but I think that in subsequent weeks they picked that up. So they're trying. They're playing hard. There's some pride there, but at the same time, it's like your fields. It's like somebody's got to go to him and be like, "Dude, this is it. If it doesn't happen in the next month, you're yeah. done here. We are going to get the number one pick, and we're drafting Caleb Williams, or." We're going to get the number two pick and draft Drake Caleb May. Williams or Drake May, whatever it yep. is. You know, like you're not going to be here. So, yep. like, this is it right now, and you've got to do it. And it's just, he's the type of guy that's always fascinated me. There's a lot of players like this that come out of. He was a super recruit. He was um, Justin Fields was the best recruit in the country by many classes. Oh, he was the best quarterback in his class and like the best one in the previous like three prospect wise. Everyone wanted him. He was like Mister, whatever. Right, goes to Georgia, then goes to Ohio State got the waiver to transfer right when that wasn't a thing. This is a guy who's never really been told no, or you can't do something, or this isn't working, or you're losing, or this is, you know what I mean? Never, ever in his life. Like, he was at Georgia in the national championship championship game, goes to Ohio State, and they never lose. Mr. All-World Athlete picks up a football and can throw it 100 yards without even blinking. Now he's at a point where we're going to find out. And sometimes, you know, for young kids... Okay, we find out really quick. They lose and they go away. We never hear from them again. And then sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes they say, screw it. I'm going to cut loose and, and let her rip. Mm-hmm. I would still be on alert for that happening. And I know people are probably laughing at that. But, like, I know he's played so horribly in stretches. But you know as well as I do. Like, I've seen that kid play for seven years now or whatever. It's, he can do this if he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's just a matter of if he gets confidence, 
you're in trouble and you can't do anything when he gets confidence. It's nothing that you did or didn't do. So the alert is, if he shows up on Sunday ready to play and prove to everybody that he's an NFL quarterback, we have to be ready to go because it's going to be a game. And yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I don't want to say he's, like, immature, but I, I do think he, yeah. like you that's mentioned, he, he hasn't really faced on-field adversity. Never. Not one. Um, this is it. Yeah. This is it, right? Like, never lost before he got <laughs> to the Bears and got to the NFL and no. had to have a, a taste of that and kind of learn how to grow with that. And I'm, I'm not sure if he's fully there yet, but... No. Um, he hasn't shown it. He hasn't shown it, and they haven't really surrounded him with much. But at the same time, like, it's make or break time, man. Like... You're year three in the league, like you got to prove something, and if you don't, this team that you're on has a couple of top five draft picks oh, coming yeah. up, buddy. And you're not going to be here. <laughs> you <laughs> might not be here. You're going to be an extra one that they trade for. Yeah. Yep. Um, and not just him. I mean, you got a head coach coaching for his job, probably. Yeah. Um, so maybe a GM. Yeah. So there's probably a sense of urgency there all around, and when you're playing a team like that, you know, you never know what can happen. So the Lions absolutely should not overlook. No. Justin Fields or the Bears. I mean, hell, Justin Fields almost single-handedly beat them last year right. in Chicago. That final was like 31-30. They were down, what, 24-14 at one point and had to march all the way back. So um, if, they're not, if they're not playing their A game, they can lose this one. So Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, the Lions themselves are almost like a good example for other teams. Mm-hmm. Like if you're Chicago, why are you not saying, like, look at them, look what they did. Like, they were down and out dead. They were I think they six. did. They I think Fields mentioned the Lions back then, like a couple weeks ago. one yeah. six, dead. Nobody cared. They, they, they thought they were trading their best player and quitting on the season, and they mm-hmm. almost made the playoffs. Like, yep. one day they just decided to show up and play better. And I I have to assume in here, in this building, Campbell has said the same thing to them. Like, don't you think, don't think for a second that they haven't looked at what we did and think, why can't we do the same thing? Of all teams that should know, like, <clears throat> yeah. know better, it's probably this one because yeah. of what they did last year. I think that could... That's a good point. And they, that's they can your, help them. And that's your motivating thing if you spin it forward, if you're Campbell, as you say, don't think for a second that they don't think that they can do the same thing you did, but now it's our chance to go prove to them that it's not that easy. No doubt. Like, this is a very different situation. We had to do a lot more than you think. So, yeah, a divisional game, the whole shot, I, I don't – these are never rollover games. I don't. I just don't know any other way to say that one. I mean, the Bears are in a weird spot, and it could be a rollover game if it doesn't go well in the first couple of series, but it also, like, if you let them mess around, it could be one that's – not very fun for some people there. A team with nothing to lose can be yeah. scary at times, and that's especially in your own division. In your own division, there's going to be a motivating factor there. So, this is a game that the Lions should win. Like I'm not yeah. not saying they're right. They're, they're underdogs they're, all of a sudden. They but have reason to be a little tight on that one. Yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. And you want to, you, especially coming off an emotional game like that, um, where you're winning off a game-winning field goal, you don't want that let down. So yeah. I, I understand why there's some of that talk this week, but. Same time, the Lions are the better team, and they should get it yep. done. Really so. big take-care-of-business game this week uh, and really the rest of the way because that last one was a big one. You had to get that because if you look at all the winnable games going forward and say, well, if you can do that, you're going to be in really good shape. Well, now it's like you got to know. Now you got to go win the winnable games, and I think that that's sometimes easier said than done you yep. know, all the way through. No doubt. Uh, all right, you got anything else this week before we uh, get on here? Oh, no, I'm all good. I think we're good this week. That uh, We're going to go in the locker room today, uh, see what else happens. It's like 60 degrees outside. It's like getting hot in it's here. It's a great it's day. Like, <laughs> but in any event, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. Uh, stay tuned for some stuff from Colton later in the week. Of course, we'll be there on Sunday to uh, wrap up Lions Bears. In the meantime, be good to each other, and we'll talk to you again next week.